0: The following audio is from Summit Church. For more information on Summit Church, visit www.summitonline.tv. Welcome to Christmas Eve, Eve 2022. I'm so glad that you chose to be with us here tonight. For those of you that are new to church, that you came because someone in your family invited you, I want to just give you a rundown of what's going to happen. It's super simple. You're going to see me on video uh, three times, counting this one. And then we're going to sing some Christmas carols. We're going to take communion together. We're going to be done in about an hour. But I believe that you are here for a purpose. And that purpose is one that is so important because as we as a church have been celebrating for the last few weeks, Christmas means one huge truth that God chose in his love for you and for me and is in, in his infinite wisdom, he chose to send his son to earth to be with us. And it's that truth that we're gonna celebrate tonight. It has so much meaning for each and every one of us that God is not this distant being that doesn't care. God is right here in our midst wanting to walk with you, talk with you, be in your presence as you desire to be in his. So tonight's a very special night. We've read this passage every week for the last few weeks. It's Matthew chapter one, verse 23. It is the theme verse for this series because God is with us. It says this, the virgin, her name is Mary, will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel. What a beautiful name. They'll call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. God with us. We've heard in the previous weeks that God wants to be with us in our valleys, in our hard seasons. Maybe some of you are in hard seasons right now. You don't even wanna be here tonight because things are tough. God is with you. God is with you. He will be with us on the mountaintops, those great moments in our life where we celebrate and rejoice. He wants to be right there with you, celebrating with you, knowing and allowing you to know that he cares and he is for you. Regardless of your hardships, your joys, regardless of whatever's going on in your life, he wants his presence to be known to you tonight. And that's what we celebrate. And I want to do something kind of unique this evening. I I want to pretend that we got to hear a conversation that we didn't actually get to hear. I want to pretend that we got to hear the conversation between God the Father and his son Jesus right before Jesus came to be born of the Virgin Mary. I want to pretend that we got to experience that dialogue because I believe that it was something very rich and something very, very special. God the Father begins the conversation by going, all right, son, it's time. It's time for us to be with our people. There's no longer gonna be a temple in Jerusalem where everyone has to go to experience my presence. Now you are going to go and you are going to usher in our presence in the earth. You're going to do that. And so you're gonna be born of a woman. Her name is Mary. She's a young woman who is highly favored. I hand picked her. Now, biology won't like this because she's a virgin but you are going to be conceived through the Holy Spirit. You are going to be born of her. You're going to be my son, but she's going to raise you. And I want you to trust her. And I want you to love her. And I want you to respect her. Just. Within a few years of your birth, though, Satan's going to try to wipe this out. He doesn't like this plan of you going to be with our people. He doesn't like it. So he's going to rise up an evil man named Herod, who's going to try to wipe out every Jewish boy under the age of two in the whole land. But your parents are going to be warned, and they're going to usher you into Egypt to avoid this awful man named Herod. They're, They're going to do that so that you can have the life that we have planned for you your next 30 years are going to be pretty normal you're going to learn from your earthly father joseph you're going to learn how to build tables and benches and chairs because he's a carpenter there's going to be people for thousands of years who wonder could they have possibly ever seen a chair built by jesus they're going to wonder that you're going to be a good carpenter but that's not your profession That's not why you're going to earth. You're going to be the Messiah. You're going to be the promised one. You're going to be the salvation of all who believe in you. For 30 years, you will be raised in Nazareth, kind of as a normal person. Around your teenage years, you're going to go to Jerusalem. You're going to impress people with your knowledge. But for the most part, you're just going to be a normal person until until you begin your ministry. Around the age of 30, You're going to start preaching in and around the region of Galilee I'm going to give you the ability to do miracles that no one has ever seen before. You're gonna make a huge splash at a wedding, actually, in Cana. You're gonna go there and your mom's gonna come up to you and say, there's no more wine. What are we supposed to do? And you're gonna turn a whole bunch of water into wine and people are gonna start to ask questions about who you are, but you're you're not just a bartender. That's that's not all that you are. You are the Messiah. You are the one who's gonna open the eyes of the blind. You're going to allow people to see who couldn't see. You're going to open the ears of the deaf. You're going to loose the tongues of the mute. In fact, very early in your ministry, in Mark chapter 7, verses 33 through 35, you're going to pull a young man aside and you're going to say this as he's away from the crowd. Jesus put his fingers into the man's ears. Then he spit and touched the man's tongue. I don't know if you've ever had anyone grab your tongue. It's a very awkward moment when you're stuck there. But Jesus has now touched his ears and is holding this man's tongue. Verse 34, and Jesus looked up to heaven and with a deep sigh, with a deep sigh, with compassion oozing out of you, son, here's what you're going to say. Epitha, which means be opened. And at this, the man's ears will be opened, his tongue will be loosened and he will begin to speak plainly. You are going to do things that no one's ever seen before. Some are going to love you for it and some are going to hate you. The friends that you're going to have, the religious elite aren't going to like it. You're going to befriend tax collectors. They're going to really despise that. You're going to befriend prostitutes. You're going to heal lepers. That's what you do. That's who you are. You're going to eat with and associate with people that the religious elite say you're not supposed to. That's what you're going to do. Religion is going to want to remove you from the face of the earth but I will protect you. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. But, son, you're going because we want to be with our people. We want our people to know that God is with them. And church tonight, if you feel like God wants nothing to do with you, I don't want to be rude. I don't want to demean you, but in love, I want to tell you you're wrong. God wants to be with you. He came to earth to be with people just like you and me. People that don't deserve the creator and sustainer of the earth to be in relationship with us, But that's what he came to do. And this, this is good news, church. It's good news that we should celebrate. And we're going to do that right now. Because God came to earth to be with you. So as God the Father and Jesus continue this conversation, there, there's a hard piece. There's a hard piece that the father knows he has to talk about. And he has to talk about how, hey, Jesus, when when you go, you're you're not going to be well respected. You're not going to be loved by all. And in fact, there's going to be multiple times when people try to end your life. I, I, I will protect you. I will make sure that every time you are safe, I will usher you out. There will be no explanation for it. But there will come a time at, at the end when it is your moment. It's time for you to lay down your life and you're going to lay your life down so that those who are distant from us can be saved from their sins and can be ushered in to relationship with us because your presence is so important, but sin is still a problem. And so you are going to have to lay down your life and they are going to hate you. And I I just don't want you to be discouraged. And I don't want your followers. I don't want your disciples to be discouraged. It's not their fault. It's not your fault. It's just the world. The world has its own views and they don't like when people come in and mess with their norm. Many of us don't enjoy when people come in and mess with our routine, with our reality, with our norm. But uh, in John chapter 15, verse 18, uh, Jesus reminds his disciples, if the world hates you, Keep in mind that they hated me first. God's talking to Jesus and he's saying, you're going to go and you're going to bring a message of love and inclusion. You're, You're going to bring a message that people do not feel comfortable with, especially the Jewish elite, that they're ultimately going to end your life because of this. And to kind of add insult to injury, one of your own. One of your own disciples that you will walk with for three years, that you call by name to come follow you. He's going to be a part of this conspiracy. And we see this during the Last Supper in John chapter 13, verse 21. After he'd said this, Jesus was troubled in his spirit and he testified to this truth. He said, very truly, I tell you, one of you is going to betray me. And all the disciples began to look at each other. It won't be me. It won't be me. It won't be me. But it was judas it was judas iscariot who ultimately had betrayed jesus and was going to hand him over to the religious elite so that his life would be ended but this was all this was all part of the plan and i know this isn't christmas i know this isn't why you came tonight to hear this but it's in a very very important part of the conversation that i believe that god the father and jesus had in heaven before he came this is how it will work you're going to be arrested You're going to be tried in a junk trial that was such a mockery of the judicial system. You're going to be crucified and you're gonna be crucified alone because all of your friends are gonna run out of fear. That's going to happen. Your mom's gonna be there on that day. Her soul's going to be crushed. She's gonna witness your death, but your death has such a great purpose. And church, I I want us to take a few moments tonight, kind of right here in the middle of the service, I want us to take a few moments and just meditate on this passage, this great news. It comes out of 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21, and it says, God, the Father, made him who had no sin to be sin for us. God made Jesus sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of god so that in him we might be made right with god so that we might be able to exist in his presence that's why jesus came that's why jesus died was to ultimately lay down his life jesus death allows us to be right with god so that we might be in his presence not only now but forever for eternity And I know it's the Christmas season. I know we don't want to think about this, but I do hope that eternity is something and somewhere on your mind tonight because there are things that you can do right here this evening to solidify your eternity, to make sure that you will be in his presence forever. And we're going to pause now as a church and we're going to take communion. We're going to open the bread and the cup as you're led to do so here in just a few moments. And we're going to remember all that happened just because God wanted to be with you. So the conversation between God the Father and Jesus, it ends with God the Father saying, all right, it's time. It's time to go. Uh, when you wake up, when, when you experience the world for the first time, you're going to be in Bethlehem. It, you're not going to be in a palace. You're not going to be enthroned in heaven. You're going to be in Bethlehem. You're going to be in a manger. It's going to be a very humble moment, but that's intentional. That's how I want you to enter into the world. But don't, don't fret. Your arrival on planet earth is huge and it means so much and all of the angels in all of heaven are going to rejoice in Luke chapter 2 verses 8 through 11 it says this talking about the birth of Jesus there were shepherds living out in the field nearby keeping watch over their flocks at night very boring job but then an angel of the Lord then appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them they were terrified Literally, heaven coming down to earth. They were shocked that this was happening on this night. Verse 10, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I've got great news for you that will cause you great joy. And along with all other people today in the town of David in Bethlehem, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah. He is the promised one. And he is the Lord. He is the son of God, the angels declare the arrival of Jesus to these lowly shepherds out in the middle of the night watching over a flock of sheep and God knew it. He knew how this arrival would just confound people. Why why so humbly? He knew though that on this day everything changed for everyone. The presence of God invaded earth so that he might be with you. He might be with us god knew it was a big deal and he knew that jesus would come and be for us the presence that's willing to walk through our trials and our hardships and our joys our most incredible moments he knew that that would take place but he also knew he also knew there was going to be a rub there's going to be a problem because he knew his creation he knew you and he knew me And that problem that we all have is this sin problem. We've all got it. We choose, we choose to do it on our own. Even though there's such immense joy capable of walking with God, we think, I've got this. You think, I've got this. This circumstance is difficult, but I'll get through it. I'm not really to the point now where I have to call in the big guns and bring in Jesus. I'm not there. I will get through this. We all have that problem, but we will never experience the joy of the loving presence of God if we think that we can do this life on our own. And I hope tonight maybe you can be humble enough to address the fact that This life isn't easy. And there are things that you struggle with. And there is a God who sent his one and only son to earth to be with you, to walk with you and allow his presence to lead and guide you in this season and every other season. He is, he is the greatest gift of Christmas. But you have to receive him. You have to receive him. You have to approach him and say, I am here for you. And there's a group of men in the New Testament. It's kind of obscure. Matthew's really the only one who talks about them. But they're referred to as magi in the Bible. And you probably know them as the three wise men. These three wise men who came to find baby Jesus at some point early in his life, and they teach us how we receive the greatest gift of all time. They teach us what we must do to accept the presence of God in our lives because they sought him. These magi, they were Persian by descent. They were philosophers, astronomers, mathematicians, the religious elite. They advised every king in the region. They were the wisest of the wise. It was said that no one could become king without their endorsement. It is very likely that it was Daniel from the Old Testament who initially organized this group of magi. And he taught them most likely the prophecies of the Old Testament, saying that there was a promised one coming. He would be born in Bethlehem. There are promises about his life that we need to know. And these wise men wrote them down. And then when they see astrologically something huge happening, they realize this is it. We're reading from 500 years ago that this this is it. And they went to find this child and they brought with them gifts. And Jesus does not require us to bring him gifts to receive him, but there's something that can be learned from this. There's something that can be learned about their posture before God that is imperative should we desire to receive him. They brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Three very, very interesting gifts. Gold for royalty. Jesus was king. They knew this and they honored him as such. Frankincense was used as incense in priestly activity. Jesus was our great high priest. Myrrh was an embalming fluid. That is the worst baby shower gift of all time. Here's your bottle of embalming fluid. It's very expensive. Don't waste it till you're dead. That is a weird gift. But they knew, they knew because of the prophecies that Jesus came not just to live and be with us, but to die so that we could be with him forever. And they brought these amazing gifts. And here's what those gifts teach us. Here's what we learn from the Magi. When we give a gift like this to Christ, we're saying the joy that I pursue. Who doesn't want joy? Who doesn't want more happiness in this life? The joy that I pursue is not in the hope of getting rich with things from you, God. I will walk with you if you never make me wealthy. That's not what I'm pursuing. I've not come to you for your things or your blessings, but I've come simply for you. The Magi came just to experience his presence. I've come simply for you. And this desire that I have, it demonstrates... It demonstrates me giving up things. I I bring these gifts, valuable gifts. I give up these things in hope, in hope of simply getting to enjoy you more by giving to you what you do not need. That's why God does not require a gift from us. He doesn't need it. But by giving to you what you do not need and what I might enjoy, bar of gold, None of us would turn that down in our stocking this year. Something I might enjoy, but I give it to you instead. I am saying more earnestly and more authentically that you, you, God, you are my treasure. Not these things. Not this stuff. Not this world. Not my family. Not my success. Not my stuff. Those aren't my treasure, you are. And I want you, and I want your presence. And I want it today during this Christmas season, and I want it in January and February, I want you. God, you are with me, you are my joy. Not the gifts under the tree. That's not my joy. Those are fun, but that's not my joy. Or the blessing that you might give me. That's not even my joy. I'm not coming to you expecting you to do crazy cool things for me. No, no, no. I'm just coming to you because I want you. I just want you. Your presence. Emmanuel. God with us. Emmanuel is the prize. Emmanuel is the goal. That's what we seek. Emmanuel is all that you need this Christmas, church. And I just pray that that you can understand this. Emmanuel is all you need. But the question is, will you accept him? Will you deny the other stuff and will you accept him? Will you experience the joy of God being with us, his presence with us. And my final question tonight, church, together, as we celebrate Christmas, will you celebrate God's presence in this place tonight? Will you do that together? Because God is with you.